For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Kingdom of Pod on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Jeff Caves here in Flower Mound, Texas. All things Boise State football and some national perspective. I'll get into the offense and what to expect out of the offense and what others think of it in a second. Also, the quarterback answer that we got unexpectedly. Could there be another one of those around the corner to surprise some of the national college football people? Pro day activities at Boise State taking place. How many prospects are there for the NFL draft? And what does that say about where the football program is at? And then lastly, a national look and how this Alston Supreme Court interpretation could affect uh, Boise State and other group of five schools. So uh, while there's not a lot of news to be going through that affects the team on a day-to-day basis, that's probably a good thing. Uh, plenty of other things uh, to look at. And specifically, in this instance, I look around at the national media, and I think some of you do as well, to get a feel for you know what do others think of where Boise State's at with their football program. There's been tremendous transition right now with a defensive-oriented coach uh, at the top in Andy Avalos. It's the first time that's happened uh, maybe all the way previous, really, to even Houston Nutt. I mean, you got to go far back when and, – and Hawk had some roots – uh, in defense, but you know, Cutter started the charge uh, when he took over in '98 from Houston, who was an offensive-minded coach. On top of that, you know, Pokey Allen, some may not remember, really was a more defensive-oriented coach in his background. He wasn't known for that. But Boise State's been a very offensive-oriented football program uh, since most of us can remember, certainly in the FBS or Division One era. And there was a poll uh, that was taken at ESPN.com. It was, it was, it was written uh, by a writer, and he, he wanted to project who was going to have the best offense in college football in 2021-22 and even into 2023. And there were a couple of things that were going to sort of guide this decision. Uh, the roster, the recruiting, the depth, of course, the quarterback play, some of the transfers that have been coming in, and the coaching uh, that this school was anticipating having in the 2021 season and then in the next uh, couple of years. So it was the top 25 offenses this coming season and for the next few uh, doing some projections based on uh, recruiting. And, and then, you know, there were sort of the normal suspects. I was more interested to see in what this had to say uh, about Coach Plow, uh, about Andy Avalos, you know, anything else that I could dig up. I mean, Hank Bachmeyer had a huge win to open the uh, the season in, in 19 at, at Florida State that opened up some eyes, and, and he had a good starting record uh, as a quarterback. So I'll start with the conclusion. Boise State did not make this top 25 list. So this isn't a crisis. This isn't a big deal. Uh, to me... At a slow time of year, we're just taking a peek 
at looking at how others are representing what they think of the Boise State football program. And, and yes, in my opinion, offense has been what they have thought of the Boise State football program since Cutter started putting together such dominant point performance offenses. And then Hawk really got people's attention uh, for high output of points. And then Coach Pete with both the imaginative plays and all that. I don't have to take everybody through uh, the rest of this. But let's let's just admit this program has been known as a winner and as an offensive-oriented machine. And to not make the top 25 list and have it chalk-filled with Power 5 programs is one thing. But when I look at the top 25 list and I see that there are five offenses in a group of five football, which I'm going to include BYU in that conversation no matter what they think, and not have Boise State in this same conversation, I'm not going to chalk this up to the fact that this is a writer who doesn't know necessarily about Boise State or uh, what they are talking about. You know, that, that would be ignorant. I don't think that's accurate. Adam Rittenberg, the author here, has written about college football for quite some time. Uh, the piece has been up since the 25th of, of March, so uh, you can check it out. And he's been looking at all kinds of different power rankings going uh, into the future, and they're filling time as well. And no surprises, as I mentioned, with these FBS schools. But the top-ranked school for offense was Central Florida in the group of five, and they didn't check in until number 17. Uh, of course, Malzahn's there, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback who led in yards per game passing in, in the country last year is a reason. They have a couple of all-conference offensive linemen. And some of this personnel stuff's important because Boise State opens their season against, I think, an extremely difficult game for them in Orlando against Central Florida. Uh, they've got some transfers from Auburn that Coach Malzahn brought in at wide receiver. So there's you know some expected excitement there at uh, Central Florida, and, and if Gabriel decides to stay because everybody gets this bonus year, then okay, uh, they'll even be better. Uh, Cincinnati checked in at number 20 overall, or the second group of five team mentioned, and it was primarily based on a run game dominance, and I can just leave it at that. SMU and the, the uh, made it on the backs of Sonny Dykes, and... The uh, Rittenberg comment was that uh, they've become the number one transfer portal uh, in a group of five or uh, college football. And I'm sure it's something to do with the fact that SMU is in the Dallas Metroplex where there's so much talent and there's so many quarterbacks developed in the state that go off to big schools and don't get the top job and they're a number two, and so they can fall back to coming home and get into SMU and do some great things. That's happened there before. Uh, you mix into the fact that SMU, and according to Rittenberg and ESPN.com, they signed the number one group of five quarterback in Preston Stone in just this last cycle. They check in. All right, BYU checks in at number 23. I know what they did last year, and they've really improved. They've got some wide receiver transfers uh, they've got some kids at quarterback, like return missionaries, that can get people's excitement. But they've also had some trouble. You know, it's not like BYU, since Boise State's been on the scene, 
has been as or, or closely as dominant offensively. When BYU's good, they're good offensively. And then Louisiana, on the backs of their coach, Billy Napier, uh, check in at the 25th best college football offense uh, in 21, 22, and 23. So what does this all mean? Well, you know, A, it's nothing to get overly concerned about. I don't mean it in that vein. It's a conversation. It's a look at what a guy who studies national trends is not seeing at Boise State right now. Uh, there's been quarterback turnover and turmoil and competition at the quarterback position. To people who don't study it, uh, closer from the outside looking in, they would suggest that when the musical quarterback chair started with Brett Rippon, it was because there wasn't one guy good enough that he couldn't be replaced. And and that's an outside-in perspective. There may be some truth to it that whatever Rip didn't bring to the table uh, at times, not only just in the red zone, but even for entire drives and quarters, the run game, because the offensive line was struggling to protect the quarterback, you know, the outside world doesn't necessarily see all those kinds of adjustments. And that stuff continued with with Cosart. You know, that, that continued with Henderson. That continued through the Hank era. Now we have it again with Sears. Now we have Coach Plow involved, and, and he may take it a whole different direction in terms of handling his quarterback play. But I think it's, it's an interesting note that Boise State's not mentioned in this top 25 list. And there have been the doomsday folks that say the era has, has passed or changed or is up for grabs. And that's even coming from some insiders who know the resources are different. And you've got a defensive-oriented coach uh, coming in in Andy Avalos. And you'd have to follow the program pretty damn close to, to know what an emotional lift the entire football program has gotten from the way Andy approaches things and what he is doing. And you would not be able to see that uh, from the outside looking in. So I just think it's, it's an interesting trend that isn't totally unexpected. But I think it should be noted as you look at things that have created the Boise State image persona. Um, this is now not one of them for this writer in that situation. That, that that's the extent of this conversation. But it does surprise me, and I I wonder if on some level uh, that it surprises you. Well, uh, what doesn't surprise me is all the different betting that's going on. And if you want to make some bets on some games, uh, this has been a great tournament uh, for that. There's been all kinds of underdogs. And so uh, Bet Online reminds you that the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action is with Bet Online. They've got you covered not only for the bets, but the news, the scores, the odds, and the rest of it. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so along the same lines of this offensive production and what is or isn't going on, you have to go back to when Boise State did recruit quite well, and they had decent quarterbacks in the system. You know, they had just come through the Jared Zabransky era. They had Taylor Tharp, who produced some pretty good numbers. And then an unheralded left-handed quarterback that nobody knew about. If Adam Rittenberg was 
writing this article about who are the greatest offenses in college football for the 2008, uh, 9, and 10 season. I don't know that he would have selected uh, Boise State because Kellen Moore was an unknown. Kellen Moore was not a highly regarded recruit out of high school. I won't bore us with those details, uh, but that changed and, and you know permanently for the good changed Boise State's trajectory as a, as a college football school. And we can't undersell that enough. And it was reinforced to me uh, when I looked at another piece that pointed out the top 25 quarterbacks uh, of the 2000s. So there was a, an analysis of, of who has done what since where we are right now. We've got 20 years all of a sudden. It's the 60 top quarterbacks of the 2000s. And immediately I was drawn to this list to see, okay, where's Kellen going to be on this list? And, you know, I thought he would be somewhere maybe in the 40s, and I get through the 40s and he's not there, and I get into the 30s and I see, oh, they're naming Colt Brennan, for example. Uh, then I start seeing Heisman Trophy people show up, you know, Alex Smith at at 37 and Mac Jones, and, I, you know, I keep going in there and I see Ken Dorsey and you know, Troy Smith and Jason White. I even see Kaepernick at number 29, and I just keep going down this list, and I'm thinking they're going to stiff Kellen Moore on a top 25 list or of our top 60 list of greatest quarterbacks. And, you know, I get to 21, and there's Carson Palmer, and there's Andrew Luck at 18, and then Leinert 17, Winston 16, Bradford 15. I'm thinking that's a lot of Heisman trophies, and there he is. Kellen Moore shows up as the number 14 quarterback on the backs, really, of a 70% completion rate. And the fact that he was 50-3, and three, and and that ruthless, as they point out, execution and efficiency uh, was good for that. So while Boise State's uh, recruiting at quarterback uh, may not be the number one group of five quarterback signed like SMU had, who knows? You know, who knows? Maybe the next Kellen Moore is on that roster, and that will change the fortunes for everything. All right, let, let's go back and look at the roster working out right now at Boise State. The pro day came and went. Avery Williams was what everybody wanted to talk about. Bates at tight end as well. And we all watched Avery on special teams and the, his return game and, and blocking punts and what he offered to the team leadership-wise. And I think at times... He played well enough at corner. I don't know that he has NFL corner uh, skills necessarily. I think his NFL value is certainly being established on what he can do in in special teams. Bates maybe is as much uh, his height and weight and potential there. I, I think both you know both of those guys have potential. I don't know that uh, they're a first day guy. I don't think we, we've got that kind of draft, but they're arguably uh, two draftable kids on this roster. And one analysis that's made about how talented a football program is, is how many kids do you get through the NFL draft? And I was curious, it didn't seem like there was much participation for the NFL pro day for Boise State. You know, uh, not, a, not a lot of NFL draft picks there. And I was reminded when I went and reviewed uh, the NFL draft for Boise State that that's about the number of kids that have on average really been getting drafted, two or three. For every 
2012 NFL draft where six players were drafted, including two number one picks uh, with Shea and Doug. You've got a bunch of years where maybe only like Alexander Madison's year, only one kid was selected. So to have just a couple of pro prospects shouldn't sort of sound the alarms for anybody. That's that's not an entirely too unusual for Boise State. Before I get into the uh, situation with the Alston case and the NCAA and, and, and all the antitrust and, and really implications for college football and group of five and all that, I, I want to get into that because it has – it, it has it's going to have a massive effect and some of an undesired I think on the Boise states uh, of the world let me just tell you uh, this podcast is really made possible by a lot of different people and one of the newest people to make this all happen is Sunday scaries and here's something you didn't know about me I don't really sleep that well and I can get to sleep okay I mean really absolutely no problem but I'm really not great at staying that way. So I'm looking for ways to get my act together when not only my head hits the pillow when I go to sleep, that's great. But if I wake up to go to the bathroom or whatever and my mind starts racing and it's two, three, four in the morning, hey, you know, I'm thinking about the wrong things and it sucks. So I'm glad now I found Sunday Scaries. They make products specifically for overthinkers like me. And Sunday Scaries CBD gummies can help me decompress, clear my head, fall asleep, back to sleep, so I can wake up and be fully functioning and be on top of it. So if that sounds like something that can help you, there's no risk to buy. They offer a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If it's not for you, it's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries, stress-relieving business is what they're doing they're not in the stress-causing business. And I got you covered. 20% out, 5% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use my promo code CAVES for your discount. That's promo code C-A-V-E-S for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. Uh, they're great. They're amazing. And you will not regret joining up on their squad. And don't forget also... Uh, this Kingdom of Pod is brought to you by eBay. If you're a sneaker buyer or seller, um, hey, the original sneaker marketplace is eBay. It's the place to go to get the pair that you've been looking for. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right. I don't want to bore anybody with the details. I get it. Reading Supreme Court opinions about anything is not necessarily what drives a sports fan or a Boise State fan to uh, listen to this podcast or anything else. But for the rest of us, um, I think we should pay attention. It's interesting. Uh, this is a unbelievable time for the NCAA on what they have been through, and they're reshaping how they are going to govern amateur athletics uh, for maybe the next 37 years right now. And I, I say that 37 years because the last time the Supreme Court weighed in on the NCAA was 37 years ago. And quite a bit has happened since then, as the Supreme Court justices noted, and they talked about that. So this isn't to be taken lightly. This is something that comes up once every 37 years. So whatever comes out of this in the next couple of months uh, is going to have long-term ramifications. And I think we sometimes just accept this information, let it go. Supreme Court opinions can change things. Uh, they can give opportunities for change. 
Uh, they're not necessarily guaranteed until somebody cites it and moves on uh, with it. But in this particular case uh, with Alston, which is really about compensation, you know, the NCAA saying anything over seven grand compensation's too much, and then you get into, well, you're restraining trade, you, you know, you're you're limiting how much kids can get as compensation from universities, and you're saying what's good for Alabama should be good for Boise State, and as a player, that's wrong, and then all these coaches are getting all this money, and all this kind of argument has been made by Supreme Court justices with uh, against NCAA attorneys. Uh, this stuff has happened. Now, Alston is a former West Virginia football player, and his case where he wants more compensation for having played or he wanted it has already won in a, a lower appellate uh, court, and now they're up there at the Supreme Court. And the NCAA pushed it because they lost the first two rounds of this. Uh, they're going to vote on this on Friday. Um, I don't think we'll get a formal decision when they start writing their opinions, all that, something till June and late June at that. Uh, I've read some of the opinions of where they're weighing in on this, and most right now think the players or the Alston side is going to win, and how the Supreme Court sort of frames their opinion about this uh, will have big ramifications. Uh, if you listen to what some of the athletic directors are saying who were polled at the NCAA basketball tournaments, uh, both men and women, they got a hold of uh, 100 athletic directors, most of them not Power 5 ADs, frankly, no SEC or Big 10 ADs, for example. And they surveyed them. Uh, and three out of four of these athletic directors said, if this pay-for-play concept passes and the NCAA loses their case and the Supreme Court comes in and says, you guys can't tell schools how much they can pay or not pay. And it becomes the wild, wild west. Three out of four of them said Title IX is in huge trouble. And non-revenue producing sports could become extinct. So that's not the intention, I think, of the players who think they should be compensated properly in men's basketball and football. I know that that's not what they're trying to get accomplished. But that could very well be a ramification of all of this, a total restructuring of what it means to even offer a intercollegiate athletic competitive landscape. I, I've always felt club sports should be more popular. Uh, Boise State's hockey team, for example, plays in the club sports system. Uh, they have fundraisers. They come up with dollars. Uh, there are charters, of course. They have to pay, but they get in a bus and they go travel and they play hockey. Uh, occasionally, they'll play Idaho, for example, at uh, downtown uh, rink, and people can go in and they get thousands of people to watch it. Uh, will that same sort of approach take place in the United States? I don't know. You know, 37 years is a long time, and it's getting tougher for colleges to compete uh, for students, period. So they're going to be evaluating every dollar that they put out. There are fewer kids that will be going into college in the next couple of years as the uh, drain of, of uh, students starts kicking in. The fewer people born factor uh, is going to start coming up here in the late 2000s and 2000, like 28, 9, and in this time. And these administrators all know that this is coming. So this is an interesting time, and 
Whether there'll be a revolution and a total overhaul, I have my doubts. I think that the Supreme Court justices know they haven't given an opinion in 37 years. So they're going to be very careful with what they say. I do not believe they want to turn college sports upside down. And, and depending upon what they say, they can. They can. If they make it the wild, wild west and say, hey, if Alabama wants to pay more than Boise State, so be it. You know, they've got the money to do it. I'd rather see the money go to the players and not go to the coaches so much and the administrators and the schools and this facilities. I mean, Vanderbilt, this facilities race. Vanderbilt announces a $300 million campaign that they have already like $100 million plus already raised to build better facilities for athletics. Okay, there, there's an argument that can be had here. Better facilities for athletics. <laughs> are, there ath are there facilities that bad right now? And at some point, this is going to catch up with everybody, and, and we're going to have a restructuring. So is that time now? Well, I would stay tuned because this is coming to a head. Uh, these Supreme Court opinions, uh, they're almost done. We'll know something. They'll vote on Friday. Who knows if they'll be uh, leaks or whatever, but we'll get decisions into uh, June. Uh, these Name, image, and likeness cases like the one in Georgia are being voted in this year by July 1st. Uh, the Georgia legislator said, uh, all right, here's what we're going to do in Georgia. And this is passed, just waiting for the governor to sign it. Uh, if you're a college athlete, you want to make money on your name, your image, or your likeness, uh, go right ahead. You got to take a five-hour course on money and finances and how to spend it and how to make it and how to take care of things. And on top of that, Whatever you make while you're an athlete in the state of Georgia as a college athlete, you can't touch that money. You're going to have to leave it in an escrow account. And when you leave a Georgia school, you can have it. Or after you graduate, one year after that, you can have that dough. I think that's going to be a tremendous competitive disadvantage. I don't think that's going to fly with kids who come from underprivileged backgrounds who won't see the benefits of all that. But that's a different story, but that's where we're at. Idaho's just waiting to see what the feds do, and they're going to go with that. There's no proactive uh, stance here. There's, I don't know, 11 other states or whatever. I've, I talked about that already. That's enough, but I think it's worthy of paying attention to, as has been the Kingdom of Pod. Please rate, review, uh, check it out. Uh, you can do that at the site. Dot com, all the details about the Kingdom of Pod. I can send it to you if you want to email it. Please rate it however you download your, your pods. Pass it on to other Bronco fans. And don't forget the Kingdom of Pod is a weekly uh, distribution presented by Bet Online. Talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.